Hello and welcome to the Bible and Me podcast brought to you by Precept UK. We are a charity based here in Salisbury focused mainly on Bible study resources and it's our mission to equip people to know God deeply and to live differently as a result. For more information, visit precept.org.uk. But firstly, I just want to start this off by saying a massive thank you to all of our listeners. We are so blessed now to be releasing Series 7 and we couldn't have got there without your incredible testimonies and reviews. If you aren't already, we would love it if you would consider subscribing so that you won't miss out on ordinary people with interesting stories about an extraordinary God. But without further ado, here's the podcast. Well, I am uh, warmly welcoming uh, Mr. Charles Ekong to the program today. Uh, Charles grew up in Nigeria, came to the UK before going to university, uh, gaining qualifications in computer and communication systems engineering. Uh, On graduation, he worked in a bank in London. Uh, In 2018, Charles started a Christian blog, uh, more of which in a moment. And in October 2019, he walked away from his career as he believed God was asking him to do so. And in faith and in obedience, he did. Uh, This led um, to what he has recounted as the most amazing year in 2020, which, as we all know, was the COVID year. Or, um, so that's quite interesting. Uh, and he is ready to reveal all today. <laughs> uh, Charles is married to Tolu. Uh, they have an eight-year-old son, Joel, and a four-year-old girl, Eliora. Uh, Charles loves writing. He loves football, tennis, F1, and salsa. <laughs> Question is, does your wife love salsa? Anyway, um, Charles, welcome to the programme. Thank you very much. And yes, um, she loves salsa. So thankfully, I, 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 I come prepared with a partner. <laughs> wonderful. Um, wonderful. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, some of my heroes like David Paulson and Gayatha have been on this program. So for me to be here is a huge honor. Thank oh, you very wonderful. much for having me. Well, here's my first question. I asked this to all the people on the podcast. Um, how did you come to faith? in Christ? And secondly, why do you follow Jesus? Right. So it's interesting because I'm one of those fortunate people that was raised in a God-fearing family. You know, my parents are and have always been active in church. And so I knew no difference. You know, I grew up um, in the Catholic church. I was an altar server and, you know, I even went to a, a seminary at some point. So I was very much raised in church. But the second part of your question is quite interesting because it wasn't until I became a father that I asked myself why. And I thought to myself, how would I explain to Joe why it is I do what I do? And it occurred to me that I'd never thought of that. And that, that sent me on a journey that has brought me the conviction that I ought to follow Jesus is the truth, the way and the life. And there's nothing like Peter says, you know, to whom shall we go? You have the message of eternal life. There's nowhere else to get that message. And mm-hmm. so that conviction has come in late, later life, even though, you know, I spent all my time in church. I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? That you can spend a lot of time in church yeah. And actually not come to the conviction that you're talking about, about who Jesus is and his claims. I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? 
I don't know whether that's an indictment on, on the church or, or uh, I don't know, but it's just an interesting point that we can be in church and, and not come to that conviction about who Jesus is. It's interesting because Joel, Joel does ask me about it and, you know, he was reading a book on Nelson Mandela and I, I thought that was interesting. It's like you can read a book about Nelson Mandela and know of Nelson Mandela, but his grandchildren who sat with him at the fireside and, you know, went on walks with him, know him. And that's what happens in church, that a lot of us go to church and learn and know about God, but never get to the point where we know God for ourselves. And, you know, it's, it's one of the great things that Precepts Ministries has helped me do and something that I'm a huge advocate for. It's not just about turning up to church. You've got to get past that to know the person. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. So you can know about him, but not know him personally. And yes. that's the difference. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. So if you're listening to this, then that's maybe something to take away. Now, you grew up in Nigeria. Um, what are your memories of uh, growing up in Nigeria, your family, schooling? Uh, give us a flavor of, of what it's like to live in Nigeria. Um, it, it is a beautiful part of the world, um, despite some of the things that happen in the media. Um, I grew up in a community and I spent pretty much my entire life, 19 years in Nigeria, um, on one street, um, lived on that street, went to school with the kids on that street, went to church with most of the kids on that street, and the street was a mile long, and by the time I left, I probably visited every home on the street. So, you know, I grew up in a community, and I was raised by a community. Um, I remember when I arrived in England and I walked past an elderly couple on the road and I said, good morning to them. And they were startled, you know, something that would never have happened back home because you just said good morning to everybody. So it, it, it really was a place for a child to grow up, you know, secure and you were loved not just by your family, but by the community around you. So, you know, yeah, I have fun well, memories fond memories oh that's that's wonderful yeah. that is wonderful to live on a mile street and know know everybody on the street pretty much is uh not many people would be able to say that today <laughs> but uh yeah. yeah now in 1999 you came to the uk yeah and uh you attended a catholic school in mm-hmm. in london uh before going to birmingham university uh where you read computer and communication systems engineering why did you come to England? Uh, I mean, why come to this country? Could you not have stayed in Nigeria? Uh, what, what brought you to, to the UK? Um, how did you find being at a Catholic school in London? And then, and then, obviously, what led you to lead that particular subject at uni? Um, right, so... I, I was actually born in Lewisham in London. My parents came here to study and they met and got married in England. So okay. um, I, I held a British passport. Uh, one of the unfortunate things about the third world is that it's difficult to come by a great education and good career opportunities. And, you know, that's what I was faced with. And I had this sort of get out of jail free card in a British passport. So I thought, you know what? I'll come try my luck in England, you know, at getting an education, a good education and having career opportunities, which I wouldn't be able to get back in Nigeria. So 
it, it's that that's how I got here. Um, the school was interesting. Um, it was nothing like I had expected. It was just a, a normal sixth form college. So um, yes, I remember my maths teacher was just very strict to none, <laughs> but she was great. <laughs> and um, you know, it was it was a good environment. Um, were you were you boarding? Were you a day boy? No, I, I was I was I was a, a day. It was a day, day school. I think what I remember about it was because you know due to you know circumstances of of, of my coming here at the time I did, I was the oldest kid in the school by about two years. So that was a bit awkward. Um, um, there's a huge difference between a 17 year old and a 19 year old. I promise you. So um, that was that was a challenge, but you know I am grateful for the school because a I didn't have to pay, which I wouldn't have been able to afford, and b you know I got excellent grades, which meant I had my peak of universities. Um, so I, I am grateful for that. Does that mean you're very clever, Charles? Huh? I've met I've met people that are far more clever. <laughs> 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 I, I, I'm beginning to detect. I think you probably are uh, very clever, you know. But uh, yeah, you, you went off to uni, uh, Birmingham yes. University. Uh, why did you choose computer and communication systems engineering? Well, so I had an affinity for maths and physics and computing, and. I, I couldn't choose between the three. So I picked a course that was a combination of all three. Very and so good. that's the simple reason behind that. Um, I chose Birmingham because at the time, you know, everyone I knew was in London and I thought I want to strike out on my own. And, um, you know, Birmingham was one of the two universities that offered the course that combined mass physics and, and, and computing. Um, yep. The other one was in Manchester and it, apparently it rains a lot in Manchester. So. You know, <laughs> the process of the dog. <laughs> Did you see? Yeah. My, my, my wife grew up in Manchester. Yeah. 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 So, so I should probably back, back that one up. Yeah. Yeah. So you were there, what, three years? Three years uh, no, I was there five years. So I decided oh, I to do a master's program, which extended my course. And I, and I spent a year working in Winchester with um, IBM at the time. Um, so you are, to... you are very clever. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> I have, trust me, I've met people. I, I, there, were, there may have been a time I would have thought, yeah, but I have met people much more clever than I am. <laughs> so five years at uni, goodness me. And yeah. uh, wow. So you, I'm guessing you came out with a degree and an MA, did you? No, yes, I did. I came out with a, an MA, uh, as it's called, but yeah. So Well done. Fantastic. Now, on graduation, um, you worked for the Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you were starting to work with them in, in 2008, which was right at the start of the financial crisis. I mean, you didn't start the financial crisis, did you, by any chance? I tried, but no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what, um, what was it like working in a bank when the banks really didn't have such a good reputation at that time and what and give us a flavor for the work that you were doing um the time um in banking at that time and a little bit about uh, your career with with uh, merrill lynch well you know 
I was quite blessed that by the city I had five offers from different sectors. You know, I had an offer from Accenture at the time in consulting and an offer from Shell in oil and gas and, you know, Fujitsu, electronics, etc. So, you know, the, the only reason, well, apart from the fact that it paid the best, the only reason I went to Maryland interest because they were going to send me to New York and to Toronto for training. And I thought, here's a chance to travel. So um, when the financial crisis started, I, you know, I remember thinking, um, did I pick the right one? <laughs> and it, it was it was interesting because, you know, I joke about it now, but back then people were losing their jobs. It was a real baptism of fire starting a career in, in, in banking, investment banking, no less. And it was quite traumatic because, you know, you would have every few days, you know, a list, a list of names would go up and, you know, that would be that, would be that for their careers. But God was faithful um, and sort of moved me into the right team. And, you know, I, I was one of the lucky ones that came out of that unscathed. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And, I mean, you spent a number of years working for Merrill Lynch, didn't you? Yes, I did. Um, and would you say that during that time you knew Jesus? Was Jesus uh, or were you coming to faith in Jesus at that time? I, I guess what I'm asking is, how did your faith play out as a banker if you had that living faith at that time? Well, I think uh, it's interesting because what what I feel is happening now to me is an increase in understanding. You know, it's it's one thing going to church um, on Sunday and a very different thing living that out. And what enables someone to live that out is understanding, at least from my perspective, and, and obviously the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so... I don't know how much my faith played a part in my decisions. I was conscious of the fact that there were things that I couldn't do because I'm a Christian. But in terms of, you know, what it says in Proverbs about, you know, acknowledging God in all my ways, I don't think I did that. You know, there are certain, there are certain decisions and lifestyles that I led that I, I do regret um, because that was the atmosphere I was in. And so, um I, if I'm being honest, I didn't I didn't walk the walk that I talk as as sports, you know, points out in Ephesians when I was in banking. Um, and, and it's interesting that as I look back, even even in all that, God was guiding me and you know, brought people around me that, you know, elevated my career. You know, I got, you know, I got fast track promotions, to be fair. And it was it was a, a good experience. It was a blessed experience yeah, yeah, yeah. for me. Were you, is this the time that you met Tolu, your wife? Yes, I did. I met her in 2010, um, you know, through, uh, that's a different podcast, but, <laughs> um, you know, it, through a set of unusual circumstances and we got married in 2011. So, yeah. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Now, in 2018, uh, you started a Christian blog. Yes. Uh, and Premier Digital Radio um, obviously saw something in your blog uh, because you came runner-up in their, what they call their up-and-coming category. Hmm. Um, 
so a couple of questions about this. What is the name of the blog? Uh, what inspired you to, to start? And what do you write about? Um, the blog is called Ramblings of a Pilgrim. Um, um, you know, the name is sort of lifted from uh, John Bunyan's Pilgrim Progress, which is a book I read shortly before I started the blog. And I think I, I, I came to a point in my life that I realized that I was on that journey to the celestial city. And, you know, I wanted to share that journey with other people. You know, I deeply believe that, you know, the, the Christian faith is to be lived out, you know. So I'm so, I'm always interested in the practical workings of my faith. And that's what I write about, you know. I try to take what might be a principle in scripture and apply it to everyday life and then pose questions to my readers as to, you know, how, how they measure up and what they're going to do to align themselves more closely with what God expects. Mm. Mm. Wonderful. And how, how, if people want to, to read it, how would, they, how would they be able to read it? I'm just, you know, putting uh, ramblings of a pilgrim on, you know, your Google uh, or whatever browser you use. And yeah, come up there. It's a reflections of a pilgrim on a journey of faith. Oh, so that's the subtext. Fantastic, fantastic. I would encourage you to do that, listeners. Um, now, um, you were at the bank, Marilyn, for 11 years, and then in October 2019, uh, you walked away from your career. Yes. Uh, you did so because you believe God was asking you to do this. Um, now, how does this work? Uh, I mean, Aren't you a bit crazy to walk away from your career? You've got a family to feed. You've got responsibilities. How did God actually lead you to say, you know what? Uh, I mean, you mentioned you were probably reasonably well paid. You've got, you've got a wife. You've got kids. To, to just say, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm just going to trust God. How did that happen? Because huh. people listening to this may think you're a bit mad. And you're um, not so bright after all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, disclaimer, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> it, it is traumatic. <laughs> it's one of those things that the first time, I think God has to prepare you for it. And, and you know, this is one of those things I, I, I want to take my time to explain for anyone listening. So towards the end of 2018, I, I had a career defining promotion. Um, you know, I was really coming into my own in what I was doing. But I had spent maybe the last three or four years working towards that promotion. And when I got it, there was the initial elation of having achieved what my aim was, but it didn't satisfy, you know, and it's interesting. I got that promotion in November and, you know, I would have to leave the house early in the morning before the sun was up. And so you're walking, you know, walking to the train station, you know, you don't pass a single soul on the road and it's quite lonely and depressing. And at that time in my life, because of how hard I was working on, leave the house before my kids wake up and sometimes come back after they've gone to bed. So I really didn't have a relation, decent enough relationship with them. So I found myself asking God, you know, I actually remember the prayer. I said to God, by the end of 2019, I want to have at least eight hours between Monday and Friday with my kids where they are not tired, I'm not tired, and I can actually be a dad. 
And, you know, God ended up giving me 168 hours in a week, <laughs> you know, 2019. But that's, you know, that's the God that gives you, you know, pressed down, shaken, flowing over when you ask. And it's interesting that, you know, back, going back to 2018, when, when that started, um, I was sort of led to a series of messages that I was watching where people were talking about their experience with God, you know, and I couldn't really pinpoint one for myself. You know, I had known of this God. And, you know, when I look back at my life, I can see the things that he was doing for me. But I wasn't really conscious of God doing something in my life at any moment. And I wanted that experience. So I started praying to God to grant me that experience of seeing him at work in my life. And I remember, you know, one evening watching something with my wife and two panelists were discussing an encounter with God. And I turned around to her and said, do pray for me that I have an encounter like this. And about a month after that, you know, I remember coming back from work after a particularly hard day. And I said to my wife, I believe God is asking me to walk away from this job. And she said, yes, do it. And, you know, that was a bit of a shock. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't have another job and we have bills to pay and so on and so forth. Just like, well, I've been sensing that you're not happy and you're not fulfilled. So if God is prompting you to walk away from it, from this job, do it. So that was in April 2019, and it took me a further seven weeks to summon the gods to write my resignation letter. And I remember speaking to people that I are sort of, you know, older and wiser than I am. And, you know, each person was sort of saying, do it. Um, and it didn't make sense to me, but yeah, I think I, I sort of saw it on the wings of their faith. So the, the most telling one is my mother-in-law. Because I went to her and said, but this is what I feel God is saying to me. What do you think? You know, your grandchildren and your daughter on the, <laughs> your daughter on the line. And she was like, do it. You know? Oh, wow. God will honor your desire to obey him. And, you know, it was probably, is the last one, actually. It, it's, it's, it was quite emotional. You know? And I remember drafting my resignation letter and giving it to my boss who wouldn't take it. So, you know, I then went back to God and said, well, I've tried. Like, no, that's not how this is going to work. They are going to want to keep you. You have to walk away. And, you know, it took a further two months to convince my boss to take my resignation letter. And it took three other months to kind of work my notice. And then it was a combination of the Brexit thing. And they asked me to stay on until... 31st of October when the Brexit thing was sorted and I stayed on and yeah. Wow. Um, wow. It I mean, was, that is, yeah. I mean, that is, well, good on you. Good on you for being sensitive to the leading of the Lord. I mean, that, that is amazing. Um, now you've talked about um, the Lord and, and um, you know, his leading of you. Um, but I want to focus a little bit more on this if I can, um, because uh, for many uh, 2020 was a really tough year um globally you know across the world with, with covid and in some senses it, it was for you too because you know you've you just left your your job and there's a whole new sort of season really hmm. um uh, you wrote you wrote a reflection 
of the year 2020. Um, mm -hmm. And I'd just like to quote um, a little bit from the start of it now. Um, uh, and at the, uh, the start of it, you, you wrote this, you said, what a year 2020 has been. Like so many out there, this was not the year I anticipated. Yet, as I reflect on the last 12 months, I can certainly say God prepared my family and me for this year. As with many things God does, it only begins to make sense in retrospect. So how did it start? What happened? Well, so when I, when I left my job end of October 2019, in my head, I thought, okay, I'll have three, three months or so at home re recharging and then, you know, I'd get another job and, um, you know, I'll ensure that whatever job I get is flexible so that I can have more time with the kids. Um, yeah. So that was my expectation going into 2020. <laughs> and I, I remember um, at some point in 2020, I'd been asked to preach at church, which was the first time I'd ever been asked to do something like that. And um, I remember finishing that. And as I left, I distinctly heard, uh, well, I, I sensed that God was saying to me, yeah, you're not going to be getting back to that career anytime soon. So this was January 2020. And then in February, um, you know, God, like I said, God was preparing us because back in October, my wife had gone to the precepts um, PUP weekend um, in Salisbury, where she did the study of the book of Ruth, and she was raving on about it. So the next study was in February, and she insisted that I came along. So I went to that in, in February, and I guess we'll talk about that more later. Yeah. So, I mean, so you, you listened to your wife? I tried to. <laughs> it, it's worked so far. <laughs> I recommend it. <laughs> Your wife said, darling, we need to do this. And you actually took it seriously and listened. Um, well, I want to take my hat off to you, Charles, <laughs> um, metaphorically speaking. Um, yeah. We do need, to, those of us who, who may be married, we jolly well do need to listen to our wives. So, so yeah, so you decided to spend three days hmm. studying the book of Titus. Uh, you were there with friends. Um, you came with friends. Uh, kids are taken care of. Um, what do you remember of those three days? And what did you decide to do after that when you got home? Um, I remember wondering to myself how we could possibly spend, spend a good part of 27 hours studying five chapters of Titus. I mean, it takes less than five minutes to read through it. Um, but I had never encountered an inductive study. And so it was just, I think it was, it was, a weekend of so many pennies dropping, you know, and I met some wonderful people as well. Um, but it just opened the scriptures to me in a whole new way. Yeah. You know, Titus has got three chapters. Yeah, it's got three <laughs> chapters. <clears throat> three short chapters. You know, it, yeah. it, it just it changed it changed how I saw the word of God. I came away from there going, if if you can find this much in Titus. How much could you find in the rest of scripture? You know, it, it totally dawned on me then that you could spend your lifetime studying scripture and not exhaust it, you know. So that, that was, I came away from there. I think it was a step change in my, in my faith. That's the best way I can describe it. 
Um, this was something that gave me the courage to actually take on scripture for myself. I didn't have to go to, you know, a theological college or any of those things. I could just sit down with the word of God and find truths for myself. So, yeah, that's and my you, last and, and when you when you left, you went home, didn't you? Yes. You, 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 you Initially, you started gathering some other folks around yes we, we did that i mean it's not the kind of thing you can keep to yourself i think that would be <laughs> that would be difficult to do so we got a few friends together and we went through psalm 23 and you know it was it was wonderful to see people that have you know probably committed this psalm to memory learning new insights um and yeah. you know the hunger for the god of the word of god sort of grew in them as well yeah, wonderful. Now, COVID, literally just after that time, COVID yeah. strikes, you know, we find ourselves in lockdown. Uh, our people are, are, are actually getting really ill and dying. There's, there's fear, there's anxiety all around. Totally, your wife is a surgeon. She's on the front line in hospital. Um, you know, you have parents with asthma, diabetes. Um, you know, these are worrying times. How, how, did you, how did you deal with that? How did you cope with that? Um, there's this lovely verse in, in Psalm 109 that talks about God sending his word and healing. Um, I go back to that because that was a really scary time. You know, for me, I was, I was worried on one front that we were going into a pandemic and, you know, it'd be harder to find a job. Um, there'll be bills to pay still and, you know, my wife's on the phone line, like you said, and she, she had colleagues who were sick and colleagues who had died, you know, so it wasn't, and these were not old colleagues, these were young colleagues. So it was, it was a scary time. And, you know, God led us to a study on breaking free from fear from the precepts 40 minutes study. And that, you know, we gathered our friends together from the, the, the group that did Psalm 23 with us and we started the study of breaking free from fear. And it was, it was life-changing. You know, um, I, I am someone that naturally worries, but that study changed me because I, I don't remember worrying about my wife going into work after that. You know, I don't remember worrying about my parents after that. You know, I, I just, I knew, I knew a side of God that I hadn't known. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, that, that is the power of God right there, isn't it? For yes. you to, I mean, because you, you know, I'm just thinking if Molly, you know, Molly used to work in the hospital, you know, seeing one's wife go to hospital every day, knowing that people are dying and losing colleagues. I mean, there's, there's clearly a natural tendency to be fearful. Um, but what you're saying is the word of God, the scriptures that you were reading and studying really gave you, I guess, well, it took the fear away, um, or, or fear away yeah. a, a sense of peace, which is just fantastic. Now, you led others through that study, uh, breaking mm -hmm. free from fear. Um, and then you reached out to your local church um, to volunteer to run other other groups as well. And subsequently, you led studies on spiritual gifts and being a disciple, counting the real cost, you, the essentials of effective prayer, living a life of true worship. What did you observe in others uh, as you were taking them through the scriptures and what did you learn yourself as you were leading them as well? It's interesting because the same things that I've observed in myself, I, I saw in other people, you know, people that had been Christians all their lives. And, you know, we're, we're almost encountering some of the, the studies that we're doing as though it's the first time they've seen it. 
and maybe for some of them it was, um, it's, it, 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 it drives home that point of, you know, just going to church on a Sunday is not enough. You know, you have to have um, a secret place where you, you sit down with the word of God and you learn and you learn his principles. You, you know, David says, teach me your ways, in, in, you know, in Psalm, in Psalm 27, teach me your ways, you know. And, and so what I observed in people was the penny dropping and, and realizing the truths that are in scripture, yeah. you know. And God was ministering to them. You know, we, we had occasions where people just stand up and start dancing, you know. And it's just, it's amazing to see people liberated. And I think for, from my point of view and from my wife's point of view, I think, you know, I said, I said in, in that reflections that God prepared us because we had to go through this to lead others. And as you sort of sit back and watch, you know, families being transformed by these studies, you realize that, you know, God is using you to reach someone else. And that's quite humbling, you know, and apart from the, apart from knowing that there's a delight in watching people enjoy the word of God for us. And so, you know, we want to keep going. Yeah. I, I mean, amazing. So you're saying you were, you were on a, on an online Bible study. Yes. And through what you were studying, there were, there were some people who, who stood up from their chair and they started dancing <laughs> yes yes is that what you're saying that is exactly what i'm saying <laughs> uh, i'd love to hear from any of you who are listening um if that's happened in your online bible study <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned um you mentioned one of the things that um you wanted to do was to spend more time with your family and your children because you were getting up very early coming very late and, and mm. And obviously, having walked away from your job, as you've described, you you had more time um, to spend yeah. with them. Um, how did all this impact um, your relationship with your children? Um, uh, yeah. Um, I, I hadn't counted on on what I and on how I was going to be blessed with that. You know, I having found these studies, we just went and we purchased the the uh, new inductive study series for, for ourselves, uh, my wife and I, and then we got the, the D4Y series for children for, for the kids. And it's, it's amazing, you know, I was recently, I'll, I'll come back to your question, recently, you know, I think it was the weekend, you know, Tolu was studying Hebrews, I was studying Psalms, and then she went to take Eliora through Genesis 1, and I went to take Joe through Genesis 11 to 25. So over the course of the weekend, everyone in my family was doing their own inductive study. You know, I, that's just the, the, the joy of experiencing that is something that I can't quite put to words. You're going back to your question. You know, um, I, I had more time with my kids, especially during the first lockdown when no one went anywhere. So my wife would go into work. There was no schools. You know, the schools hadn't quite got together to start doing homeschooling. So I'd sit down with my son. And at the time, I was doing uh, a book from the Lord series, Lord, I Want to Know You, because I wanted to learn the names of God and understand how they were revealed. And he was doing um, Becoming God's Champion in Second Timothy from the D4Y series. 
So we would sit down together. I would ask him what he learned to, you know, he would share it with me and I would share what I learned with him. And so we could sit down for maybe an hour, an hour and a half, just talking scripture. And as much as it was a transformative experience for him, it was mind blowing for me because our relationship just grew from there. The sort of questions that he was asking about his faith are questions I wish I knew to ask when I was his age. You know, and honestly, one of my prayers for my kids is that they know what I know now from a young age, because it will just, it would transform their lives and and they will be object lessons for their generation just by learning the word of God. So, you know, I, I look back at the first lockdown with so much joy because, you know, my relationship with my kids transformed. Um, just because we could sit down and we could talk about the word of God. Um, and yeah, now, yeah, now Joel, Joel, <laughs> he's obviously a budding evangelist. Yeah, I mean, he didn't keep what he was learning with you to himself, did he? I mean, you know, there was a time he did go back to school. Um, what happened when he went back to school? Well, he <laughs> he took he took Paul's words to Timothy to heart, <laughs> you know. So he went to his friends and started talking about Jesus on the playground. And, you know, one of the days he said to me, I was talking to them and, and they ganged up on me, you know, playfully. And they were like, well, you believe in Jesus. We don't believe in Jesus. There are three of us, one of you. We must be right because we have the numbers on our side. It's like, no, I've got Jesus. So I'm stronger than all of you and I'm right. They were like, even if the whole school said that Jesus didn't exist, like, no. Jesus exists is on my side. I'd still be stronger than all of you. He's eight eight years old, this boy. He's eight years old. So it was was amazing to see him be that convinced. Joel E. Kong for Prime Minister. Joel E. Kong for Prime Minister. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's amazing. So he was a real witness. I mean, incredible, really. A fearless witness, aged eight. Goodness me. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't I wish I could be that bold now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely fantastic. Now, looking back on 2020, um, how do you reflect on it and um, your growth spiritually in 2020, which was, as we said, it was a really tough year for so many people. Well, I think on, on a personal level, I am, I am a very different person now to who I was at the beginning of 2020. Um, the joy that I have, and it says in Psalm 112 about delighting in the word of the Lord, I, I enjoy my time studying the scriptures. Um, I enjoy my time of prayer because I can pray with understanding, you know, and that transforms you as an individual. You know, I was reading something about Hannah when she went to, to the temple to pray, to ask God for a son, that when she finished her time of prayer, her countenance changed. Nothing had changed in her life physically, but her countenance changed, you know, and her, 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 her appetite grew as well, just from having an encounter with God. And I pray that that will be my daily experience because things don't need to change in the physical for you to find joy because joy is found in the presence of the Lord. So I feel for me that, you know, having had this time at home where I've been able to study the scriptures more and had time with my kids, I feel more fulfilled as a parent, more fulfilled as a husband, 
And, you know, I feel like I'm now on my Christian journey, properly on my Christian journey. I think for my, for my marriage, being able to be there for friends and to be able to share the word of God with people. I mean, a lot of the families we know that have young kids have gone and bought the D4Y series for their kids. So you have a new generation of kids that are learning inductive studies, you know, six, seven, you know, four, between four and eight, learning inductive study at that age, you know, and, you know, you have marriages that have grown stronger because couples are sitting together and studying God's word. So to be able to have that bit of impact in my community has been great. And I, I pray to God that he gives me platform to do more uh, yeah. because when we truly take God at his word, we give him permission to show off uh, and, and be glorified in our lives. And that would, that's been my testimony for 2020. You know, yeah. through all this, God has provided for us financially. People, people were giving us you know, money just when we needed it. And, you know, we've been able to pay all our bills. I don't know how, but we've been able to pay all our bills. And I, I come away from that experience knowing that a job is a resource. God is the true source. And so if he says, don't worry about the job, don't worry about the job because he's still the source. He can provide through other avenues. Yeah, that's, that's my great experience mm. from 2020. That is fantastic. Now, you, those listening would have heard... Um, Charles mentioned D4Y series. That, that stands for Discover for Yourself. It's one of the series of books that Precept has, um, amongst many others. And if you're, if you're listening to this and you, you're encouraged, as, as I am, <laughs> listening to Charles um, about um, how seriously he's taken the word of God and, and his ability to then share it with others, if that's you, because Jesus did say, after all, go make disciples, didn't he? Um, then please get in touch with us uh, at Precept. We'd be delighted to to um, help you, support you, answer any questions that you may have about, about getting into God's word, which is, um, as Charles has expressed, is extremely powerful. Um, now, do you have a favorite um, Bible book or character? Um, one of my great heroes, David Paulson, used to answer that question by saying, my, my favorite book is the last one I studied. Which for me is Ephesians. Um, <laughs> Ephesians is, uh, good, goodness me, <laughs> it's the that gospel another... in six chapters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be another podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's another podcast indeed. So that would be my favorite book. My favorite character is Gideon. Um, because I can relate to his encounter with the angel of the Lord. You know, Gideon wasn't the, the guy that saw the angel of the Lord and went, yeah, I'm ready. It's like, um, I need to be certain. So, you know, you wait right there. I'll, I'll come back <laughs> when, I, when, when, I, when I'm more convinced, you know, and, and God was merciful. You know, he waited for Gideon to test and be convinced, you know, and that was, I, I feel my experience with leaving my job. It wasn't just something that I, I thought, yeah, God said I should go. And I just got up and, and wrote my resignation letter. It took, you know, I felt God say it in March. I didn't leave till October. And, you know, God did not smite me for it. So, um, yeah, fantastic. You know, Gideon would be my favorite character. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I don't think anybody else has said Gideon on the podcast. So I'll, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about a favorite Bible verse? Oh, I don't, I don't have a favorite Bible verse. I think I have a, a favorite Bible phrase. And, you know, Ephesians 2, 4 is one place where it's used. But God... You know, that 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 single phrase 
encapsulates the hope that we all have as Christians. But God, you know, if God didn't intervene, where would we be? You know, so whenever I say that phrase in scripture, but God, it just, it, 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 it brightens my day because that's, that's the source of all hope. Yeah, fantastic. I yeah. love that. But God, you can be doing all sorts of stuff. But God, yeah, wonderful, yep. wonderful. Now, um, what is next for, we're coming to the, to the sort of coming to land on the podcast. What's, what's next for Mr. Charles E. Kong? Well, my hope is that I can become an object's lesson for people in my generation. Um, you know, there are a lot of people I know that know of God, but haven't really taken the risk to put God to the test in their lives, to let go of the other counterfeit gods and truly, you know, follow the King of Kings. And, and you can understand why, because there's a risk involved in surrendering to God. You, 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 you let go of control. Um, if my life in any way can show people that when you do that, you get so much more back, so much more than you could ever have anticipated, then I would be, I would be exceedingly happy. So what next for me, you know, um, I'm going back to work. Um, God has decided it's time for me to go back to work because literally a, drop, a job dropped out of dinner. But I'm going back to work, but that is my mission in life, to be able to disciple others and to use my love as an example to say to people, you know, if you, if you, just, if you just put God to the test like Gideon did, you know, he will, he will surprise you. He will fight your battles. He will meet your needs. He will, he will be your all in all, as it says in Ephesians. So I, that's, that's what's it, next. It, yeah, it's interesting you say put God to the test. It's, sort of, it's trusting him, isn't it? it, it yes. uh, that, I guess that's what you're saying. You, you need yeah. to trust him fully. Yeah, it's trust. It's trusting him fully, uh, and and he will be faithful in in return for your for your faithfulness. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Charles, um, it's been a journey. It's been a journey, hasn't it? From uh, Nigeria so. to the UK for uni and banking, and then the financial crisis, and then and then leaving your job and and having many many months at home in a very difficult a global year but seeing seeing god in and through that and how god has um been faithful to you your family and tolu and 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 how you've taken the um 2 timothy 2 2 about um entrusting to faithful men the things that you know i've taught you to disciple others very seriously and i know that you've got a real heart for young couples as well uh, uh, people wanted to get married or are married and maybe struggling in some way, you've got a real heart to reach out to them, which is just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And I know that the word of God is going to be right front and centre uh, as you do that. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I pray uh, for those of you who are listening will be encouraged by what uh, Charles has shared, uh, particularly about willing to, to listen to you, Lord, and to, to step out in faith, to, to trust to trust God um, 
because uh, it's so easy to say, no, that's not God. No, you're not really asking me to, to leave my job, are you, God? You know, I mean, that would be crazy. But sometimes God does ask us to do crazy things um, and to trust him. And, and so at the end of that, as you're looking back now, so, you know, God is faithful. He, he, he asked me to do this. I sought to do it in obedience. It was not easy. But God is faithful and, and he will be faithful to you, too. So great, great um, testimony. And I think before I go, I, I must I must say this, you know, I don't know what 2020 would have been for me without Precepts Ministries. I owe a debt of gratitude to the studies that you write and for the work that you do, because if, if I didn't have the, the word of God to dive into in my dark moments, you know, as I was doubting myself and everything else, especially last year, I don't, I, 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 I shudder to think of what my life would have been like. So, you know, thank you to Precepts Ministries for the work that you do and God bless you all, richly. Oh, well, Charles, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. God bless. Thanks, for now. God bless. Bye.